your host, writer Todd Smith, and today we're joined by Dominique Samario. She is president of the Municipal Management Association of Southern California and the public offer information officer for the city of Murrieta. Dominique, welcome to the report. Thank you so much, Ryder. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Always great to have an audience with you, whether it's I'm getting to see you in person at a conference or uh, from your uh, position there in the beautiful city of Murrieta. Uh, you've had a great progress in your career, uh, but how did you end up in local government in the first place? So it's always kind of funny when I get asked this question, but I, I started out in uh, media and I worked out of college. I went to New York and I worked between New York and L.A. Um, working in like television and radio media. And um, I sort of wanted a shift in my lifestyle. I was traveling all over the world, which is incredible, but, you know, just also traveling all over the world all of the time. And so um, somebody said, you know, I think he'd really like Santa Barbara. No problem. So I look up television channels, Santa Barbara, and I find a studio manager, a station manager. And I said, I'm going to move there and I, I'd love to apply. I met with them. Little did I know that my first interview and my first day on the job would be in Santa Barbara City Hall because it was the city of Santa Barbara's television channel, city with a capital C. Um, us in local government know the difference between just you know, a region <laughs> and the actual city hall. Um, I was young and really had no idea. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And so every day I went to work and I got to tell the stories of what a local government did. And I know there are many ways to get into local government. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later, but um, I can't recommend that way more. I just learned everything. All I did was walk around and you know record stories, talk about programs, interview staff, and find out what it is that they did to make the community a better place. And so from there, I also did the same thing for the County of Santa Barbara. And then I wanted to expand, you know, my impact and not just tell the stories, but really work on some of those projects. And so then I just progressed from there and I, I've headed up a lot of really neat programs. And it's such an honor to now be able to tell the stories of an entire city, you know, the city of Marietta, where I live and I raise my family. Um, it's, it's really an honor to be able to do that as the public information officer. But I am, for full disclosure, had no idea what I was getting into when I started. This could be a new recruiting strategy where we just dupe people into accidentally applying. <laughs> you know, I'm sure we'll also talk about the challenges of recruiting for local government. So this is, we may be onto something here, right? This could be a strategy. This could be, a, we just need to get it their, their nose in the door and then the rest will lead them, lead them there. Yeah. So you mentioned your and ethics and that strategy. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. We'll figure it out. Our ethical obligation is to create as much great workforce as possible to help the community succeed. So that, I think that's the ethical obligation. How we get there, whatever. Yeah, um, uh, so you mentioned Murrieta. You are the PIO of Murrieta, public information officer, as I said. What is your responsibility there? Tell me a little bit about Murrieta and why it's an amazing place to both apparently raise your family and also work? Yeah, I know, thank you for that question. Marietta is uh, about 115,000 people. We sit in a region, sort of this really great valley. They call it Southwest Riverside County. Only people who live here would know that. I'm like, come on, branding people. Like we gotta come up with something better than that. Um, they'll really not like me when I say it's in the Temecula Valley, um, but it is, and people know that. So just own it. And you know, it's a really wonderful place. We are truly about an hour away from most things in Southern California. And so 
With that, you get this incredible quality of life. We're really known as a family-friendly community. More than 50% of our residents have someone 21 years or younger living in this in this uh, in their homes. And so, with that, we're just full of community events. We also are very proud to have our own police and fire departments, our own public. Um, uh, dispatch center, our own library, our own parks and recreation. And so, you know, there's kind of this, this mix of, of work that I get to do that's so unique um, because it feels almost like a small town, but you're really operating. The programs you're operating um, from a work perspective are really broad. And um, that is very, very fun. It's a lot of responsibility, but it's very fun. It's very engaging. And every day we're learning something new or I'm learning something new. And so um, I think from the community's perspective, they really love that family friendly, very, very safe community. We're very proud of being so safe. Um, frequently listed as one of the safest cities in the state. And now we're ranking, you know, some of the safest cities in the nation over 100,000 in population. Um, but from an employment perspective, as the public information officer, I oversee all of our communication, branding, engagement, um, media, you know, just video work, our television channel, our website, um, our, we, we're starting a new 24-page um, magazine publication that's going to be going out, um, social media. And so you're just always trying to keep up on the best practices, the policies. We're really doing a lot of internal work. And I have to say, I'm finding so much fulfillment in that. A lot of like values-based work for the organization. Um, and so it's just every day is truly different, but it, it's really an honor to both live here and work here. Phenomenal. And uh, you know, the city's a little unique, too, because your city manager, Kim Summers, I believe, right? Uh, she's actually a former PIO herself, if I recall correctly, from her career trajectory, which isn't a common thing to go from PIO to the city manager seat. Not a lot of former PIOs and city manager seats. How does that kind of affect her view and your interactions with her around communications? That is that is such a great point that you made. And I have to say, um, for a few other reasons, but probably that one in particular really attracted me to joining their team. Um, she has such a respect for this role and really sees it as a critical part of the executive team and really sees the value in it and understands that without an ability to um, comprehend, you know, all the complexities that go into operating a local government, you can't do your job well as a PIO. And so the vice versa is also true. If you're doing your job well as a PIO, you are understanding the complexities of operating a well-running municipal government. And so the respect that she affords me, I'm just so incredibly grateful. And I knew that for my kind of future, that being able to learn under her is 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 really you know a great gift. And so um, when when they offered me this role, I, I had to say yes and to live here. I mean, it was just kind of this perfect fit. Um, so I'm really grateful. But I will say that it's sort of similar to that story I told in the beginning about working for the television channel. You might not think, okay, you're just kind of doing some video production, right? But what you're doing is learning day in and day out how a city functions. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes, you know, there are certain departments you might really understand what your role is. And maybe even, you know, the role's tangential to you, right? 
But to see how that fits, and they're always talking about that 30,000 foot view, I think that's what a public information officer, communications director, whatever they call it at, at, at that city, um, I think that's a really great opportunity. And so I hope more people see um, that it really can be a great role and that you can have leaders from positions like this. Yeah, I think, um, well, obviously I'm a communicator, so I can sympathize with the point. Uh, and a lot of the work that we end up doing at uh, my other day job at Tripepi Smith involves our team having to work through complex challenges across departments. So it's uh, helpful, you know, having that holistic view on what's going on and learning from it, uh, which actually offers a great segue. So in your day job, you are the PIO for the great city of Murrieta. Uh, but then the other waking hours when you're not being uh, a mom, uh, or a family woman or doing family stuff, you also have volunteered to take on this role as president of the Municipal Management Association of Southern California. So first things first, what the heck is MMASC? It is an organization that needs to shorten its acronym. We're fully <laughs> aware. I go to conferences and people are like, I know exactly where you're from. But if we could work on that abbreviation, that'd be really great. So we're coming up with some creative things. And so just be on the lookout, you know. Uh, but no, the Municipal Management Association of Southern California, we have been around for 75 years. And it's really, you know, our tagline is developing people, developing communities. But it's a professional development organization for people who work in local government. And so that could be cities, also could be counties, special districts. Um, so I really love the way that it combines kind of anyone working in that local government field. We bring them together and we bring them best practices. Sometimes we just physically bring them together at, you know, conferences or, you know, lunchtime, lunch and learn webinars. Um, but for 75 years, we've been looking at how do we encourage best practices, proper management, and great growth of our municipal employees. And so um, I did not join the organization thinking that seven years later, I wanted to become the president, but I love volunteering and I love growing myself as a person. And this organization did so much to me. And so I think that it's been a great honor to be able to give back in just some some little way. So it's it's been a joy. It's been a whirlwind, and it does fill every single other second of your day. Um, but but it's all worth it. How many members are you up to? So this will be the first time it's said in a very public space. But we are about to hit one thousand members. Wow. Um, we could not be more proud, wow. and I think there'll be a very big celebration when that day occurs. But I mean, when I say about to, we're like less than 20 members away. All right. Well, uh, this this should play. I'm trying to think of the timing of when this is going to play, but hopefully we'll, we'll either be breaking some news or affirming some news that you guys have already broken at MMASC. I love that. Um, and uh, I guess the other thing I'd say is typical member, right? I mean, my experience is you have college uh, students who are wanting to get into the local government profession, and you still have some city managers who are maybe members from legacy years and like to come back and participate in conferences. Like, what does that spectrum look like? Yeah, no, you you could not be more spot on. We have a student membership, so it's even a discounted rate, and they have some special kind of support that goes along with that membership. Um, and then we do, we have city managers. Um, something that I think is really neat about the executives who are members in our organization, so many of them have been involved in the group for years, and they've seen 
firsthand how it has changed their career trajectory. And it's really one of the main reasons that they continue to give back and continue to stay involved. But something else that I find really unique and special about MMASC is also kind of that breadth is that our members touch on every department in a city. They touch on every level of, you know, running a city and city management. And I think it gives you a great chance to just see what's out there and connect with other people. Sometimes um, professional organizations, and trust me, I'm a member of many of them, so it's nothing against those, but they're very specialized. Mm -hmm. And they are there to give you all the tools that you need to do your exact job very, very well. And I feel like we're here to give you those tools, but also show you how they connect with that department's tools, how they connect with what a city manager might view as, as really important and critical, and how they just grow you as a person and grow you as a government employee. And so I think that's really unique. And to me, that's very special. Um, and it really supports, if you're a part of other things, that's great, but join this as well. Well, I think it speaks also to the point you made earlier about as a communicator needing to have a 32,000 foot view of the organization to be able to understand the bigger pieces fit together and end up creating a resident experience working with the city government or being a part, a constituent of the city government. So um, I've always appreciated the opportunity we've had as at uh, Tripepi Smith to be involved with MMASC to sponsor and support it and then watch folk kind of move their way up in the organization. Um, and then watch their kind of careers uh, parallel that as they gain more life experience and worldview and then see them ultimately kind of go forth and advance their careers in general. You know, I, I look at kind of the uh, the generations of city managers and many of whom I know, and they've many of them came up through like past presidents of MMASC or on the board of MMASC. So they always had kind of that commitment to learning at the 32,000 foot level and really understanding the big picture of city management. Um, that I think has been helpful to the advancing their careers, whether whether you seek the CM seat or you seek a director seat or some other position. But it's um, always struck me as a great place to learn. I appreciate that. Yeah, we we have always truly been so appreciative of Trapeze Smith's support. Um, and and I think that something that I always say is, you know, say you attend an event and there are people speaking on the stage. By the end of the day, I hope everyone has seen themselves on that stage. Either they're seeing themselves right then, and they're like, that's me, I'm, I'm feeling that exact same way, or they're in the, they have the same title as I have, or they're saying, that's me in five years, that's me in 10 years. And, and the people that we're speaking to are broad, and so that means that our speakers are broad, our topics are broad, and we want to really support everyone in this role because as local government you know, professionals, we know this, but it takes such a wide you know, array of services, skills to run a functioning community, right? And so we want to support everyone in that. Yeah. Um, so MMASC, the Southern California moniker suggests that you are focused on Southern California. There, I should note uh, that you have a kind of a sister organization up north called MMANC for Northern California. What is that dividing line between Northern and Southern California roughly? Yes, thank you for that. So we have a great partnership with MMANC. They may also want to adopt a, a new acronym if we go that route too. No, I'm just joking. Um, but we we really appreciate working alongside of them. And so uh, just north, everything's broken up into regions. And so um, we don't ever duplicate. So there's no competition. It's just pure, we want to support each other. You have a great idea. This is working. This isn't working. We love working together. Um, but it's just north of Morro Bay. 
So it is sort of, if you looked at the state as a whole, we technically have more residents, but that's just because Southern California is so much more yeah. uh, populated. But if you went uh, just north of Morro Bay, south all the way to the Mexico border, and then all the way east to Arizona, I mean, it's a really broad area. Um, but MMA-SC, we're broken into eight regions. So we kind of do things on like a, a little bit more of a localized level. And then mm -hmm. we still come together as kind of, you know, the huge group for some of those larger events every year. But you're right. Um, if you check out MMA NC, if you're up there, something that I think is very cool too. I mean, let's be honest. It's not like because you live in Southern California, you're never going to move North. Right? right. And so we have a lot of people, a way that they get those connections is because they're like, I'm involved in this one. Let me reach out to some people in Northern California or vice versa. And um, it's a great support system both ways. Why do you, why do you think you've seen your membership grow? I mean, I, you know, I, I, like five years ago, what was membership? 500, 600? Like that's, You're you know. probably right. When I was membership director, director of membership, I think we broke 800. And that right. was a big deal. I mean, so you can even see it just, that was four years ago. So 25% growth. Three, three and a half by the time it happened. So that's a lot of growth just in that many years. So five years ago, you're right. We were probably six. Maybe we were hoping to hit seven, right? There are a million things that I'd love to think that our branding is great and our outreach is great. And, you know, but I think that a couple things, um, we have really tried to listen to our members and say, what is it that you need from us? Because I can sit here with all the ideas in the world. Um, all of us are volunteers and we're all working local government. So I do think that's important. You know, we're not just kind of throwing out ideas saying we think this is what everybody needs. We, we need it too, right? So I think that's helpful. But again, we've been around 75 years. And so we've kind of had this exponential growth um, in the last, say, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, but I think that people are really seeking connection. I think because all of our cities, it's so, it's so public what you're doing or not doing. If you're even not on LinkedIn, everyone can see that another city is doing this and you're not. And so everybody's being tasked with more. And we are just such a great resource for people to say, hey, I'm not in communication, but I know Dominique is. And I'm going to shoot her a quick email. And I'm going to ask her, you know, what they're doing and I'm happy to share it and vice versa. Somebody else would be happy to share that with me. And I think that we need that more. Um, and it's such, I mean, we're a great deal to be honest where, you know, it's very low membership cost. Um, so I think that's helpful, mm -hmm. but I think it's the connection and the ability to get the resources. So I feel like the return on investment is just huge. There's also an interesting impact, which is the bigger you get, the more value there is because of the networking effect, right? So there's more people to tap on. So it's kind of, it's almost going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. That said, I mean, it's it's impressive growth. Um, so congratulations to uh, the whole membership on achieving that kind of growth and uh, that level of activism. Um, and, you know, I, I, it also strikes me that your chapters have been particularly aggressive in having programming and creating more localized connections, which for the big giant geography you have, it's hard to do, right? Um, when you bring everybody together, it's a long distance for some to make. So those regional events become even more important for them to participate in. And uh, you guys have had some great programming with that. I am curious, um, just let's talk real quick, like uh, in terms of like big one-off programs, you have four events a year, I think, that are like your major programs. What are they and why should people go to each one of them? 
absolutely. You, you are spot on. So we have four signature events and that's any member can go to any event, but as we mentioned, the regions, it's a large space. And so on a Thursday night, we obviously don't expect somebody from San Diego to drive to say, you know, San Luis Obispo. So we hold four major signature events a year. We have winter forum typically takes place in March. That one, great opportunity to kind of, you've just come off of that new year, you know, vibe. You're starting to dive back into new programs, reconnect with people right? Get some new fresh ideas of the direction that the year is going. Then in May, typically late May, this year, May 18th, um, is our Women's Leadership Summit. That, I mean, I am obviously biased. It is so inspirational. <laughs> it is, it is, it's one of the events that I got involved with early on. It's so inspirational. It is not just for women. It is just people who want to support women in this role and in the workplace. And I hope that's all of us, right? Um, so that's Women's Leadership Summit. That's in partnership with Women Leading Government. And so I really love that. We are a nonprofit, but we are all about supporting the other nonprofit organizations who support local government professionals. In the summer, we check back in. Um, it's called our, um, our summer session. And so, again, I would say that's the most closely similar to Winter Forum. It's a nice way to kind of reset yourself, you know, middle of the year, check in with yourself, both on like a professional, but also a personal growth kind of level. Like, how am I doing? I'm midway through the year. If I'm not where I wanted to be, I've got a short time to kind of course correct, right? And then that's all leading up to our annual conference, which typically takes place in October, November this year in 2023, it's going to be early November. Um, and that is three days long. And that one in particular, you want to bring everyone together. And it, I'm so proud of what it's become because it is, there's so much programming that you're bummed that you can't attend all of them. Right. And so it's incredible programming, but incredible opportunities from day one to day three to connect with other people in our field. And I, I will say all of them, you know, they're open to members, but they're open to not members as well. So if you're not sure about committing, they're just great learning opportunities. Sure. You can show up and snack on the programming and see if you enjoy it. And then maybe you'll come back for the full meal and become a member. Absolutely. Uh, your annual conference where this year you said the annual conference early November is what I think. November 1st through 3rd. And where is it? I'm so excited. It's in Coronado. Oh, nice. Like that's you can't really ask for a better a better venue so yeah we're in coronado we typically try to rotate between the san diego area the um central coast and then the the desert region like last year it was in rancho mirage so we really try to spread the love um but this year is san diego and we're very lucky for it to be on coronado island that's exciting yes and uh it, one of the programs that i know is super popular there too um is a program that allows uh, aspiring city managers or just aspiring um, kind of younger professionals to practice interviewing. I think they do like speed round interviews with a group of either retired or current city managers or ACMs. Uh, can you give me some details on that or share that with our audience too? Because it seems like one of the best reasons of all to show up for the annual conference. And do you want to know why I'm so glad you're talking about this? This is the number one thing that we have people say, uh-uh, I am too scared. I am too nervous. I mean, nobody likes to interview. I, I get it. Like, I don't want to do it either. But what an incredible opportunity. Nothing is on the line. Nothing is on the line. They get incredible coaching. And these are people who they want to see them succeed, right? They're like, I I'm not here to hire you. I'm here to help you. And 
you're going to walk away so much more prepared for the next time you do have a real interview. And so we've had to tell people, you got to just get over that hurdle. I know it's scary, but it's going to be okay. They want to see you succeed. And every person, when they leave, they are, they say, that was the best thing I've ever done. So please sign up early if you're listening, or if you get another opportunity, even if it's not through MASC, incredible that and speed coaching. We also do sometimes a speed coaching, but we really started to do the speed interviewing, if you will. Um, and it's it's just really great opportunities. Um, I've met personally incredible, incredible people just by having to sit down across from them and, and how lucky am I to this day for it. Yeah, well, and that probably just speaks to the power of the MMASC network. I mean, I've always appreciated that in local government, there isn't a lot of competition between cities, sometimes in the economic development side, to be fair, but for the most part, not a lot of competition. Hence, the ability to just uh, reach out to the listserv or drop an email to your uh, chapter folks and say, hey, what's going on with XYZ? Or do you guys have a policy and procedure on this particular item? Or where, you know, have you adopted a, have you, how do you address the blight in your city with these policies and whatnot? And so I actually kind of think about it. And it's an interesting issue because there's a ton of city managers out there that task their management analysts and senior management analysts with going out and figuring out some of this stuff and coming back with a staff report. And I just envision there's this like cadre of army of management analysts out there that are all talking with each other and coming up with the answers and then reporting back to the city managers and essentially operating as the brain network for the uh, for the management profession in California trying to help them out. I, I agree with that. I bet they're gonna be like, that staff report looks so similar. But <laughs> hopefully they're not hopefully they're not reading other city staff reports in their spare time. But you know, who's to say? We've got some odd hobbies, I'm sure, you know. So um, all right. So I, I wanna wrap up here. How um I guess, first of all, what's your advice to somebody who's thinking about getting into the profession of local government? How could getting involved with MMASC uh, be a, a segue or an opportunity for them so that we don't have to fool them into joining MMAS, uh, into fool them into local government? That's good. You know what? Um, and I'll share more about joining MMASC, MMASC specifically, but I think the one thing that I tell people about local government is just give it a little time and you will feel so invested and you will see your impact. And somebody told me early on, they said, you know, people live at the local level every day. This is where we're operating. We're driving on these streets. We're going to these community events. We're, you know, um, checking out books at the library. This is where they live. So if you want to feel like you're having a role in, in helping better these people's lives, working for a local government is just so incredibly rewarding. And so when you see whatever role you're in as part of that kind of wheel, as part of that chain and that cycle, I think it's so rewarding. And then I think with MMASC, you know, it gives you that opportunity to be alongside like-minded people, people who really, I have to say, you know, sometimes people, they're, they're just, it's a job, right? And that's okay, because we need people in all of these roles. But when you're alongside people who say, I'm doing it because I like to feel a part of that, it's so inspiring. And I always leave feeling like I'm making a difference, you know, and for me, that's really important. And so I think it's just such a beautiful thing. And to know that we're all in this together um, and knowing that I'm at the forefront, the ideas I bring back to my city, they really are the best of the best. And that means a lot to me. And I think it means a lot to our members. Awesome. All right. So how do people learn more about MMASC? Well, we have a very easy website that you can remember, mmasc.org. 
Um, there's a lot of info on there. It has our calendar of events. So you can even see, you know, some of those regional events that we talked about along with our signature events. You can learn more about the different types of members. We have a veterans membership as well for veterans looking to transition into local government. It's a great way to transition into local government. And we really want to support that, the student membership. Um, so, so check it out. And if anyone ever has any questions, I mean it when I say my email is president at mmasc.org. And I'm always here to answer any questions. Well, that's awesome. Uh, great, great conversation today. I appreciate, I appreciate all the work you do as a leader of MMASC and the volunteering, all the volunteer work you did to get to this point. I'm looking forward to, I look forward to every one of your events. The annual conference is always one of my favorites. It's always a good time. Uh, folks like to have a lot of fun at MMASC, which makes the conference circuit a lot more entertaining at a time of year. So, uh, and that's today's report. My thanks to Dominique for joining us from the whole public CEO team, myself, writer Todd Smith. Thank you for your time. We hope you learned something new and inspiring that will help you in your public service. Remember, Public CEO has a daily newsletter that is free to those who sign up at publicceo.com. If you have feedback, questions, or guest suggestions for Public CEO Report, please email editor at publicceo.com.